Parents Pod. Welcome to Pet Parents Pod, the podcast for and by pet parents. I'm Danielle. I'm Heath. I'm Kip. And today we are going to Hollywood. Hollywood, everybody loves Hollywood. I'm pretty sure. Is that the song? Yeah, I think so. That sounds right. Uh, Yeah, it's perfect. Um, We're going to talk about everyone's dream job as a small child. Oh, yes. Going to Hollywood. Mailman. (laughs) <laughs> yes the classic mailman uh i was gonna say i don't know being a movie I mean, star i have act- a couple of those in my family that wasn't my dream job as a child no i guess the novelty wasn't there because i'm related to some yeah okay. No. okay no we're not talking about postal workers we are talking we had an episode about uh cat i guess me a lot of dogs that way that's what i'm saying yeah okay. it's a great gig <laughs> Yes. You just oh. drive around with the door open? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the best ever. You could get a Jeep and just take the doors off. Look, I tried. They're really expensive. Unless you get an old one. That's what I mean. Just an old one with no doors. Oh, yeah. Get one in a new car. Yeah. Yeah, I'm one of the 2022, okay? It's okay. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Dollar dollar bills. You got the IT money. Woo! Um, no, I was going to talk about animal handlers mm-hmm. because we were trying to come up with topics, and I was like, oh, I could talk about a movie star dog, which is going to be next week's episode. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. But, um, yep, stay tuned. For an entire seven extra days. It'll be dead air mostly, but... (laughs) (laughs) Tune in next week for a famous... Oh, don't be silly. If it's live, you'll hear some barks. You'll hear cats, like, walking around. You'll hear 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 alarms, vacuum cleaners. Cat disagreements. Dogs upset about the cat disagreements. My my favorite Some conversations. It's going to be creepy. Uh, (laughs) I'm not a fan, actually. I don't don't like this. So we're, we're two minutes in, and I'm still trying to tell... (laughs) Okay, I guess go ahead. Okay, we are going to be talking about animal handlers and trainers for TV and film. And I'm going to give a trigger warning up front because we're also... The story that I found that I think is most conclusive for, like, discussing this topic also includes talking about the American Humane Association, which is not something that was in place originally when we uh, started Hollywood. Like, a lot of so, things... Oh, no, I'm sure it always triggered, went great. triggered by animal abuse. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it always went great. Yeah, so, as we know, Hollywood treats, first of all, the humans, they're fine. They never exploit labor. They treat mm-hmm. everyone they've, equally. They've always, they've always no. uh, you know treated acting children well there's no yes. rules about that or anything no no. no no sexual exploitation in any way shape or form in order to get uh jobs, jobs. positions yes. holding I mean, they haven't had to like make laws about children actors not working like at night Mm-hmm. And no one's ever, ever, ever skipped that and killed anyone. No, nope, yeah. that's never no, happened. No, that's never happened. No. Judy Garland wasn't on a ton of drugs in order to maintain her schedule. Alfred Hitchcock did not abuse his I'm actors. Sure, actors and actresses. Yeah. Um, we did not read the story of um, uh, Shirley Temple, because that's awful. So, oh, you know. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and what her poor mother had to go through in order to get her career off the ground. 
So, but, so as uh, from all that knowledge, knowing Hollywood's a great utopia of virtue and equality, we obviously know that animals were always treated well also because animals are sentient creatures, and that definitely wasn't an issue. Oh, yeah, there was never an issue with people's view of animals. Mm. They've totally always been compassionate about it. So I'm going to cover this from a few different angles. I'm going to first talk about what the job of a current handler of animals who works in film and television it kind of has to do in order to get to that position. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover the history of Animal mm-hmm. Humane Association directly with what they did for the movie industry. And, and I'm going to wrap up with this really cool article I found from a guy who has been working with animals and films since as a kid because his dad did that. Right. And so he, him and I think his brothers run a family business where they actually are pretty like big shots uh who done different films like they they worked on like life of pi um dances with wolves gladiator things like that handling the animals so like i have a couple of parts of the article that i want to kind of quote him on as someone who has experience in the field and i it was thoughtful and i he sounds like an interesting fellow. Yeah. I, I want to throw in a sidebar really quick. Sure. Quinn has forced herself into my lap. Again. And I'm petting her, and she's not happy about it. She's thumping her tail, and she has gummed my finger at least three times now. I'm trying to, like, make her not mad at me, but the gumming is a very weird sensation. Oh, yeah. Uh, Quinn, she doesn't know how to react anymore because she always did, like, love bites, and now she just kind of love gums you. She's been love gummed. Yep. Gum, gum, gum. Are they love bites? I don't know. I don't know. I they... think she just has always loved biting, and now she's like, well, I guess I can't harm you. Mm-hmm. The harming was half the fun. Okay. But now it kind of feels nice. It's it's weird. I'll just... Oh, oh God. Claw. What oh, yeah. That, that's claw. That's oh, claw. I'm sorry. She's <laughs> trying to do some damage. There you go. There you go. She's like, this is a way I'll get to you. Ha-ha. <laughs> Your claws do still work. Mm-hmm. Okay, kids. We're going wow, back to the... She's feeling real spicy right now. She is she spicy. Is. I'm sorry for petting you. <laughs> so we're going back to the job fair. We're going back to high school, rethinking our careers. Um... Movie animal trainers uh, use their knowledge of animal behaviors to train and uh, care for a variety of species. They use positive reinforcement techniques mm-hmm. to train them to do certain skills or acts. They also uh, have to help actresses and actors and directors uh, navigate shots and um, interactions with these animals. That's their main basic um, task for a film. Um, so if you're looking into that, your job is generally going to be, you have to exercise your animals, feed your animals, take care of their behavior, health, and diet, along with maintaining any sort of training equipment, tools, consulting actors, directors, adhering to the American Humane Association guidelines. Mm -hmm. And so you are the advocate for the animals on film on Mm -hmm. top of that, along with, ah, no, my... My, my, my source. Oh, my God. My source flipped away. How no. dare it? Technology. On... Okay. And, uh, of course, train animals on specific tasks uh, dictated by the film and scripts. So, in Jackass Forever, when I... they unleash that bear into that room. I have no clue. With those not... people. Wait. With the salmon in between their butt cheeks. They were perfectly safe the whole time. Ah. <sighs> 
to a degree, <laughs> yes and no. No, I don't think it was his butt cheeks. I don't remember, but it was I, hilarious. I never saw. I okay. I will say, uh, I never really got into the Jackass movies. Oh. The only parts I've seen is. Parts of Jackass 3, because I worked in a movie theater and had to walk the theaters at different points during its, gotcha. the, like, its yeah. airing. Peak comedy is watching people get hurt. I watch some <laughs> of it as I'm looking for people putting their feet up on the seats, and I'm like, I don't understand people paying money for this. <laughs> <laughs> and I moved on with my life. Did you I know think- the internet is real? Johnny Knoxville and Steve-O have so much of my money. <laughs> so, um... Along with the responsibilities listed above, they are also in charge for maintaining equipment and actually providing food and housing. Right. And or they might have to just provide, like, uh, like for instance, if you're a horse trainer, you might rent stable space for them if you don't have right. a space in your own apartment to keep your horse. Don't, yep, I'm on the second floor. Don't know how he's going to get up there. Yes. <laughs> so, no, I totally have stables in my apartment. And I'm... Not really. The thing is that's interesting is, uh, so animal trainers on average, and these, I I got the salaries because, uh, this is like a career website. I'm reading all this stuff off of to the thing that kind of concerns me is how much these people make (laughs) compared to like what kind of animals they have to work on because the median Uh annual salary. And by the way, most of these things are filmed in like, California or right. other places like expensive, expensive places. State. Yeah. So State, I mean, yeah. yearly it seems to be twenty nine thousand two hundred and ninety. Is... That's the median. Wait, twenty nine to what? Twenty twenty nine hundred? It's twenty nine thousand. Yeah, thousand. With yeah. the three, three zeros. Yes. Yeah. And that is the median, so that's like middle wage. Mm-hmm. The top ten percent make Fifty-five. That's not thousand. That is. That's not poverty. And the bottom. For California. And by the way, the bottom ten percent make twenty-two hundred. Yeah, these so, are not that, good wages. I used to make twenty-two hundred, and I considered myself like borderline food stamps. Yes. Yeah. And I lived in Georgia. Uh, they also <laughs> give. What's weird is this thing gives a uh, median, like uh, compared to similar jobs. A veterinary assistant makes twenty seven thousand. Yeah. A veterinary tech makes thirty four thousand a year. Right. A zoologist or wildlife biologist makes sixty three thousand. Mm-hmm. So the people who do this obviously very much care a lot about they have this. They have other jobs too, though. Yeah. Yeah. But that, you can't survive on. I that. also don't know. Maybe not. Not also do the job that you're doing, especially if you work with horses. Those are fucking expensive. I assume yeah. that maybe when you get book, I don't know this for sure. Like this is the salary for the handler. Maybe also like added in the contract is the expenses for the animal. It's gotta the be because like stables and shit are yeah, you expensive. Can't. Yeah, I I do not. That wouldn't be fair either if the, if so, the film doesn't pay for the stables. And yeah. I'm sure there's some differences in this, and I'm sure there's also people who maybe live further out and then only like travel in for certain shooting if they have budgets. Maybe that's how they do it. I don't know. It was just an interesting thing I noticed. Still seems like not a great. That's not especially for showbiz. Like you would, yeah. you would think they would make more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's... just it just doesn't seem so. Be careful mm. out there. If this is your dream. Prepare for poverty. Yeah. Yep. Enjoy, enjoy this. Great. Uh, Goodness. I hope you have another dream that you can 
do at the same time that pays better. So, and I'm um, also a software developer. Say, yeah. Perfect. You can do it. <laughs> yes, you've done it. <laughs> so let's say you want to do this, what kind of school you're looking at. Obviously, there's not a college degree for animal handler or trainer. Um, and it's not mandatory either. So technically, you could get in with a what group. A fun college that would be, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Animal college. Welcome. <laughs> so, um, let's go be around animals all day, but we are uh, going to overcharge you. Yeah. You'll be in debt for decades. This is a $300,000 degree. <laughs> I assume if you don't have a working degree, you might fall in as like a hired hand that works with, uh, an actual trainer and then mm-hmm. learn experience from that. Yeah. Um, or other people besides like training under a, like already animal trainers, um, some people get college majors in like animal science, animal behavioral, biology, zoology, marine biology, psychology, mm-hmm. and then go from there. Okay. Um, so you can also get training if you like work, for instance, in like zoo animal internships, uh, marine biology internships, basically anything where you're re- interacting with training animals. I guess even people who do like dog training and things could possibly make a side hustle of if you happen to live in yeah, California. Yeah, because they're always looking for different and there are rules, as we will talk about the American Animal uh, American Humane Association sets rules and guidelines that you have to follow in order to keep the animals safe, just like there's rules to follow when you're filming like children and minors and things like that. Right, right, right. Because we don't want to overwork, and there are certain things like, um, like lighting can cause overheating. Like, I know, uh, me and Heath watch uh, Try Guys from YouTube. Yeah, I love the Try Guys. Eugene has a series about meeting animals. Uh, you mean Zoogene. Zoogene, sorry. Oh. And because he, he does a segment where he meets different animals, and, yeah, so he calls himself Zoogene. That yeah. is really precious. It's very precious. I love the Try Guys. He came up with it during the first episode at the beginning. And, something- and he's like, why didn't I? <laughs> something like they had a barred owl i think on Love one episode owl. and because of the studio lightings the owl kept panting and so the trainer kept misting the owl and the owl was like ah yes give me cool water yeah, um, so it, it's like there's lots of things that can affect animals that you wouldn't think would bother them right so guys we're gonna go back in time to early early filming and early, early horrible things that made people go, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this to animals. Are we going to talk about Milo and Otis? No, I don't have anything specifically God. on that. I, I don't want to talk about it. I, I didn't research into that. I didn't find anything. Do you know specifics? We're going to... We're From gonna, what I recall, it's it, I don't know. I don't want to. We're gonna. We're, Did you I, like to ruin I, that movie for some. So years? at least nothing on the filming of that set off a American Humane Association making a movement. A lot of it started. Um, so some of the early, like really popular films, were westerns. Right. Lots of horses. Right. Um, so we're going to start with 1925 American Humane set up a committee to investigate cruelties and training of animals for movies. So Hollywood's making a big boom. Everyone's like, yeah, let's let's see these. And then some people are like, did we take care of any of these animals? And they're like, yes. And it's like, I don't believe you. So we're going to set up a, a checks and balance association. Right. And so that's how it was founded. In 19... Um, 39, 
there was a filming of Jesse James, which is a Western, mm-hmm. and there's a very dramatic scene of Jesse James jumping over a ravine, supposedly safely to the other side of the gorge. Right. Trigger warning. Okay. Here we go. So, in order to get the shot of oh, no. the horse jumping, they had a stunt actor on a blindfolded horse. And I think, from what I understand, this is a little part where I get a little fuzzy. I think the stunt actor was on like some sort of harness. So, he, but they ran a blindfolded horse basically off a cliff to get the shot. Oh my god! Yes. So they just killed a fucking horse for the shot. Basically. Fuck you. Like I said, this is not good. Wow. We'll just sacrifice this horse for the well, shot. Well, okay, so that was a thing in mm. the article that that's just why people were fighting. So you could train horses and do certain gimmick shots and things like that. The thing is, a trained horse is time and money. Mm-hmm. You can replace a horse for like $10, so budgetarily. Uh, no, I know why they did it. Yeah. This is, but I'm this quiet is because I'm coping in my soul. Yeah, like I, I know said, why they blindfolded it. This is not a Yeah, like I said, this is not a fun episode. I'm I'm sure that everyone who worked on films at the time weren't like, let's go murder horses. I'm no. sure. let's make a film. I mean, every every time I want to kill as many horses right. as possible during the shooting. Every time any yeah. film whatever has callously killed an animal, it was because of money. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a lack of basically. It's because of money. Yeah, it's money. It, yeah. And that's, it's money that's... and for whatever artistic reason. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. It's um, not a good enough reason. No. So that, because of that, um, the American Can humane... we then kill the director and say that it was for so-and-so reason? Sure. Well, okay. But here's <laughs> the good news. Also, the public was like, oh, wait, that happened? That's, like, enough people were like, that's kind of horrible that some that it, it caused the American Humane to open its Western Regional Office in Hollywood, California. Right. So because of that atrocity, they were able to open an office down there. Right. So that's the good news that came out of that. A lot of people were upset. Good. Mm-hmm. And so after after opening up the office in 1941, the American Humane Society established standards of operation for animal productions in Hollywood. And uh, the Association of Motion Picture Producers agreed to give American Humane Association open access to their filming while movies who used animals. So first they had to build an office and then they had to be like, guys, let us into your set. And everyone's like, I don't know. And then they're like, you got to let us into your set. And they're like, fine, we'll let the people make sure we're not killing animals <laughs> and all that stuff. Or abusing them. Yeah. Because uh, one yeah, we of... We haven't talked about that yet, but we're abusing them. Or abusing them. Um, right. One of the major... So one of the major things they were... And this is apparently something that sometimes gets done still today in certain big um, crowd scenes, especially if it's not shot in the U.S., mm-hmm. is something called horse tripping. Okay. So, like, let's say you have a very big, like, big chase and you're going to have a dramatic fall. So you can train a horse to safely fall. Right. Yet again, takes time and money. Right. Or you can run a wire from the crowd of horses that you're trying to trip. Oh, and actually just cause them to trip. It doesn't always injure them. It doesn't always kill any of them. But let's say you're having a stampede scene, you can see how that would be issues. Right. So horse tripping is apparently one of the big major ones that, because of 
this is 1941, so Westerns are a huge thing right now. Right. And they're learning... So we're mostly abusing horses. Well, yeah, a lot of the and early stuff them. is abusing horses and... Because horses are used all of the time. Yes. Okay. Um, but because of the office being established and then them getting access, they were able to start building momentum. And in 1951, they started at least... This isn't the... no animals were harmed in the making of this but they got a stamp of approval so basically they got to search they got to uh, supervise shots with animals check your animals and you get basically like animal humane association likes us mm -hmm. you get a stamp of approval good job right. buddy you tried not to hurt animals <laughs> you did your best we're very you're using humane practices in filming of animals right you're not a complete piece of shit and so the, it continued to, like, move and, like, he made the American, oh, God, this is a long title, A-H-A? No, that's even worse. Okay. American. I love that band. So another thing to keep in mind is this is specifically talking about the American Humane Association. So this only has jurisdiction in America. Right. Other other countries do have their own humane uh, associations that do interact with filming, but some countries obviously are lax. Right. So always take that into consideration. But we didn't get the whole no animals were harmed in the making of this movie until 1972. And even cool. then, there's cool. so well, something I found that is this isn't a per that's a pretty long time considering that we were just talking about the 40s. Yeah, we were yeah. we were talking. Yeah, that's um, not great. There was something that was interesting. In the one of the articles I was reading for this, which is an interesting ethical conundrum. So everyone knows the Godfather, right? Everyone knows the classic, the very iconic scene of the horse headed a bit. Yep. That's classic. Yep. So how they did this was they found, they went to slaughterhouses mm -hmm. and they found a body double for the horse in the actual picture. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then they paid for it to continue living until closer to the shot date. Now this is a slaughterhouse. This horse was already signed up for death. It was already going to die. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so they extended its life by a few weeks so they could have it, Fresh yeah, yeah, a fresh head for the shot. There's apparently already. some debate over whether that's humane or not. Because it was already going to die. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, but well, that's, what are the conditions it was living? So it was approved as ethical at the time. Okay, but, there but what are some, the conditions it's living in? It's a slaughterhouse. Okay, so, so I don't. Bad. Well, also it was already know. at the slaughterhouse. I don't know what living in a slaughterhouse is like. I don't I thought, know. I didn't realize they lived in. Well, those places. Yeah, so I assume. Yeah, I thought well, they were pretty much immediately got processed. Yeah, I thought they were just. Well, I, they were already dead when they arrived. I'm not uh, sure if it's like they got the horse from the slaughterhouse. I don't have more details than that, but it was an interesting ethical conundrum. I personally think it sounds ethical because you prolong a creature's life further than it would have lived. As long as and, they weren't like completely horrible to it. Yeah, and if it, it lived, there, yeah, yeah, it yeah. sounds okay. Yeah, I agree. And most slaughterhouses, they're not trying to torture. Uh, like, I'm not saying, mm -hmm. I don't know the slaughterhouse. I'm not defending I mean, it doesn't the sound great. This particular slaughterhouse. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound great. But, it, was just, um, it was just interesting because it, there the was... the options, that sounds like probably the best they could have done. Yeah. And mm -hmm. they didn't kill an the racehorse. They didn't go, hey, our star racehorse of the film, we're going to kill you. Like, oh, they didn't do that. Yeah. So, I think it's ethical, but the I was reading the article, and this was from the point of view of an advocate who worked like this is, it sounds like this person. This was an article Could from like the thirties. Made a fake 
I think nowadays they definitely could have. I think the techniques in building out mm-hmm. figures is a lot easier, a yeah. lot better. We have more materials to and work I'll, with. And I'll go uh, into that techniques. in a later half. But yeah, like... Yeah, back in the day, those techniques were still being developed. Yeah. And, and there's materials also, and nanotechnology and 3D printing, like all that. I can just, also see how it's cheaper to buy a horse for a couple weeks and then... And then grab its head once it gets glued. Yeah. We'll just use the actual head. Yeah, I mean, but it wasn't interesting. It looks so real. It is real. (laughs) But I do find that interesting because I do find it an interesting conundrum on the whole, like, if someone in the, because apparently some people in the American Humane Association, like, had qualms with this. Mm -hmm. They're like, because you're still killing an animal for a movie, no, even it though it was, dying, it was gonna die. Yeah, it, but technically, it got bought to be killed. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, it was a it was an interesting yeah, thing. I, I wanted. That. Yeah, it was. I hate that. That's the. Yeah, yeah. Because all they wanted was the head. Really, all they bought was the head. Yeah, they bought the time and the head. Yeah. That's pretty much it. The rest of it turned into glue and meatballs. Whatever. I, just, I just was course. curious. I, <laughs> I kind of figured we'd all be on the same page. But I was kind of curious if anyone else had like any. Different I mean, I don't like that it. horses go to those places. Yes. Yeah. I don't think those should go to those places. But anyway. Okay. Thank yeah. you, so, um, we're going to jump to 1980 now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there was a film called Heaven's Gate. It's a very popular western. Yet again, we have a lot of issues of westerns here. Maybe so we should horses. stop making westerns. Um, I think they're real bad to horses. <laughs> so I'm going to at least give an overview and then I'll explain the ramifications had for the positive continual building of power of the Animal Huma- American Humane Association. So Heaven's Gate's issues in the film. Um, certain animal actions included actual cockfights. Mm-hmm. Horse tripping, mm-hmm. horses being blown up with a rider on his back. Like a stunt rider actually did get injured from this too. Oh wow! So and um, and just for context, this movie was um, released in 1980. It yes. is rated R. It is. And um, the actual Heaven's Gate cult uh, started in the 1970s. Yes. So the, if you're thinking chicken egg situation. Uh, yeah, it, 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 uh... Yeah, this yeah. is the cause for uh, more movement in 1980 uh, by the Guild. Yeah. Um, so, uh, along with that, people who worked on the set did verify that the animal abuse, like, for instance, some of the chickens uh, they used in the cockfights were then decapitated and they used the blood to smear on actors. Oh my god. Cool. Ooh, Instead of using stage blood, I don't know. What the hell? I don't know. Like I said, this is and this is what angered people. Yeah, use fucking stage blood. Yes. So because of result of that, so the, wait, they that's killed, really gross. On. Roll it back again. Roll. They killed the chickens and yes. smeared the blood on them. Instead smeared of the blood on the blood. actors. Okay. So they were creating. That's- Biohazard. I'm not even talking yeah, about that. That's ethics. really just disgusting. That's a, just a biohazard. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, it's unnecessary. Chickens in, in, as we've discussed before, chickens in America why, are not It's unnecessary. Why would the actors salmonella. want Why would they be okay with that? I, I, just, yeah, I also don't know how much the actors the knew or if they just went to makeup and they're like, blood time. And they're like, mm, this smells pretty irony. Mm. This is iron. It's very mm, metallic. No, okay. oh, it smells so real. I mean, well, they probably had lead in the paint back then, anyway. 
1980? Oh, uh, I think they started... No, you're right. Yeah, no. That, 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 that tracks. Everything. That tracks. So, because of the callous disregard of animal safety from this film, it resulted in the American Humane's authority to protect animals on set and contractual agreement with the Screen Actors Guild. So yeah. they, they've done directors, they've done producers, they've done the movie house... And now, finally, they've got the stage actors, like, also in their pocket. So, like, they are given much more free reign to, like, interact on the movie sets. Mm. So that was kind of, they continue, like, by the way, this is from the actual history of it from the website. And it continues with every little thing. Um, From what I can understand moving forward, it's just more stringent rules not not so much interesting like direct stories about stuff um so i'm going to summarize as the association till this day continues to build and protect animals it continues to build an association that protects animals on film sets and raise awareness for mistreatment in the industry because it's not just like they have rules that can sometimes be misses or like not followed but they also um raise awareness when there is a miss it under like not just filming done in the u.s that is regulatory but if there's a film that's done overseas that mistreats animals they bring that to awareness and try to spread the cause throughout like global film industry mm-hmm. so that is the fun history of um basically the American Humane Association. Right. Yes. And and this is the same association. They do a lot about, like, actual labor rights and things like that. It's not just, like, this association deals with not just animals. It deals with, like, children labor rights, human labor rights, human equality, things like that, actors, guild, things like that. So it's a big organization but they're the ones who anytime you see no animal was harmed in the making of this picture that that's who has gotten their approval gotcha gotcha that makes sense yeah jesus i i actually kind of want to see heaven's gate now because i'm looking at this and it's got christopher walken christopherson john hurt jeff bridges sam watterson willem defoe like all the best it it has like a lot of good and like i said i'm pretty sure the actors didn't go they were like i'm smear that chicken blood on this is smear that chicken blood on me (laughs) out of curiosity who who directed and produced it Oh, because I didn't uh, look up that. I was because the director was uh, Michael Camino, uh, and then uh, let's see, I'm not seeing the producer. Here, let me see if I can. Because that normally, like those decisions, normally fall to uh, like the director and producers. It's not so. It's also three hours long. That uh-huh. is you need to long extra calm down that. I'm. I can't do it. Sonic 2 came out. Yeah, Sonic 2 did come out. (laughs) I don't think an animal was harmed in the making of that picture. Clearly, hedgehogs and echidnas were were harmed. I think Tails is in there. He's a Another interesting thing to point out, like some of the language within the um, American Humane Association, Mm -hmm. um, they have to specify that animals are considered like sentient beings. Right. Even they are not a prop. 
that's actually something in the language. Oh yeah. Even, yeah, even P.S. But it's just like in Animals the... Animals feel things. It, it was in some of the stuff I was reading. It's a little drier, but I found it kind of interesting where they, they made sure it was worded as even if um, taken care of or provided by the props department because sometimes the animal handlers work with the props department mm-hmm. in right. order to get all this stuff. But that's like some of the wording in the actual like technical wow. legalese. Yeah. Because like, of stuff like we've talked about earlier in the film industry. Remind people who are monsters mm-hmm. that animals they feel things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like pain and shouldn't just be killed for stupid movie things. Yeah. No. Yeah. That, that is completely fair. I don't know who Mike and Camino is. I, like, I don't know, but I, I don't like him based on no. he that. He also wrote it. He wrote and directed it. It's one of those situations yeah. where some dude just kind of made up this movie Did, and then does was he like, not have the a, chicken. Wait, does he not have a... Like a... Hang on. Jeez, now I'm Googling. Stage blood. Now chicken I'm blood's Googling. Oh, uh, he's passed away. Well, that's good. Fine. He died in 2016 in Beverly Hills with, far in his mansion. Oh, uh, poor man. He made, he did uh, The Deer Hunter and Heaven's Gate. Uh, it looks like he also did Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, which seems to be a Korean war movie. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I'm seeing that. Yeah. We interrupt this program to bring you an important message from our sponsors. Well, not sponsors per se, but it is time to pay the vet bills. Pet Parents Pod now has a website, PetParentsPod.com, where you can go and learn about all the different ways to support the podcast. We also have a Patreon now. There's a link to that as well, as along with all of our socials, a Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. It's going to be Patreon dot com slash pet parents pod anything and everything can help we would appreciate your support pet parents com also lists that we are a bark box affiliate so any special offers that we have which will be effective during certain date ranges that are listed are going to be on that page there's a link to bark box under the ways to support page on the website we also want to remind everyone that regardless of whether other special officers are going on anytime you subscribe to bark box using the link barkbox.com slash pet parents pod can get free extra month of bark box for your subscription. If you enjoy our content, spread the word, tell your friends and family that are also animal lovers. Now back to your regularly scheduled episode. So, um, in... Interessante. Like we've said before, look, as as predicated at the beginning of this, this is not a super fun topic. I think, I think we've made a lot of good movement to the present day. I think there's obviously still going to be mistreatment of animals because there's still mistreatment of humans in Hollywood and film production and you gotta kind of take that with a grain of salt to a degree because like obviously someone's but we do because of all those things that happen we are able to build a checks and balance association that helps protect and guarantee the safety of most animals in the production so that's a good thing there's just something about mistreatment of animals and children though because like they can't choose to even be part of a production really Yeah. yeah So, so it's is, just extra egregious. Exactly. So this is really interesting. Um, Heaven's Heaven's Gate looks to be his third lowest box office earnings. Interesting. So he earned three point five million 
So 3.5 million was earned in the box office from Heaven's Gate, as opposed to his most profitable, which was um, The Deer Hunter in 1978, which was 49 million. Interesting. I yeah, wonder if so, he hunted deer. <laughs> so 3.5 versus 39, you know, so yeah. it, it, it wasn't received very well. At least box office wise. Of the controversy. It could yeah. have been because of the controversy, too. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty shitty. I mean, yeah. that's... Here, we're going to film these animals and then kill them unnecessarily and smear the chicken blood on the actors. Yeah. His third lowest... Their stage blood's like... a thing, and it's much more sanitary, but sure. Yeah. It looks like he did a lot of films, so for that one to be his third lowest, you know... That's earning, just a yeah. big drop. That's a huge yeah, drop. Yeah, that's enormous. Yeah. Okay. Good. So... Yeah. Okay. Good yeah. good job protesting and um, being yeah. aware. Um, what we're going to move on to is I want to talk about Sled uh, Reynolds. Oh, it also won a Razzie. Sorry, I just had to throw that in because okay. I thought that was interesting. What's interesting. A uh, that's like the opposite of an Oscar kind of. It, it, it won a Razzie for Worst Director. Ah, and then it won. Oh. It was nominated for a Razzie for worst screenplay. That's funny. So yeah. Oh, so okay. Razzies are bad. joke yeah. awards that are like for bad, like when okay. someone finds something bad or like horrible, like bad, yeah. like yeah. a bad actor, they'll yeah. get they'll earn a Razzie. They get a little Razzie. Best, yeah, best Razzie. worst actor, basically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're the worst actor we've ever seen this year. Okay, you well, get a Razzie. Like people are yeah. extremely upset. Good. Good. So, all of those animals died for nothing is all I'm just kidding. Yeah, and not, That's not the takeaway. The takeaway is that people don't like that. Yeah, yeah. The takeaway should die. But yeah. because of it, it, it yet again solidified better standards for the treatment of animals in films. Yeah. And, and that's always something that's going to continue to increase. And it's never really going to get better until we, we have more people of different backgrounds and just more respect in general in yeah. the film industry. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to do, what I wanted to close this off because I didn't want it to just be a downer of like how Hollywood hates animals because they don't. Right. No, no. I wanted clearly them. humanity is taking steps to do better. I wanted to wrap up with some quotes and t topics uh, from an interview with Sled Reynolds, mm -hmm. who, like I said, he's the son of. Um, let me open up the article. Leave me alone. So, um, basically, he is the son of uh, Fez Reynolds, who, mm. I'm going to point this out, he's been training animals in film in the television industry, uh, dating back to the silent films. So, wow. obviously, his dad was part of possibly something because mm -hmm. it was during the time where these animal rights were being put in place. Right. This isn't about him. This is about his son who like grew up in that, but he also like talk about legacy though. Yeah, it's a legacy. Like Jeez. him and his yeah. family still like run this uh group and they like help handle all the certifications you need for filming and things like that. And like they deal with exotic animals, horses, dogs, um uh, everything it looks like, except for marine biology, it looks like he handles. They train cats. Um, probably he he does have yeah, like he them, he so. did the training for the tiger in the life of Pi. 
Mm. Oh, nice. That's yeah. awesome. Which... You know, I've never seen that movie. I should see that. It's an, I read the summary because I, I was curious. Mm. The thing is, like, for instance, we're talking about animal abuse, and you were talking about uh, CGI. Right. So, uh, we'll talk about the life of Pi because this is in his article, and I thought it was an interesting story. So, he trained the tiger in the life of Pi. Right. That movie is about a boy pie who gets who him and his family are taking their zoo and trying to move to America or somewhere else. They're trying to move. I think it's America, and he ends up in like Mexico at the end of the movie. But their ship gets hit by a storm, and they the boat sinks. Right. And he like basically wakes up on a ship with like a gazelle or a zebra. And then, like, also, there's a tiger. Like, one of the tigers also gets on his ship. And You're basically, talking about a, a, life a, a life of pie. I'm trying to give a... No, brief, lifeboat. Li- yes, lifeboat. Yeah. His saying little, ship. I am yeah. saying ship. Okay. His little <laughs> lifeboat. Yes. And basically, the tiger eats the gazelle, and then it's just pie and tiger in boat. Yeah. So, it's not the most reassuring. No. He spent, like, he, <laughs> no, he no. apparently... Oh, well, we had a third, but uh, my tiger here <laughs> ate him. <laughs> and by the way, uh, yeah. just a little recap. His parent, because as a little kid, he was very fascinated by his tigers. His dad then showed, like, for Pi, mm-hmm. the, the, this is part of the movie, the, because his family owned a zoo, his dad sh- made Pi, like, watch a tiger, like, eat an animal. To mm-hmm. instill fear into his child, mm-hmm. right? To protect him yes. from the very so dangerous he tigers. so this particular tiger he's been afraid of since he was a little kid, right? And now he is sharing a boat with him in the middle and of the ocean. Had to power move, watch him eat a gazelle. Yes, mm-hmm. so he ends up on like a flotation group of life preservers because he like ties those off and he has a little raft, so he has separation between him and the tiger. Right. And it just is. Surely a, the tiger. Well, actually, I mean, it's a tiger. It might not realize. So during the movie, it's them kind of trying to survive in the ocean, floating aimlessly. And so part of the movie, the tiger looks starved. Mm-hmm. So this trainer got death threats and horrible notices. They're like, "How could you starve a tiger for a film?" Guess what? CG. CGI. Yeah. Yes. Come on. Mo- like we all know. Like. I'm- Yes. So anyway, anyway, people yes. Are people think the world is flat. Yes, and, and that's that. a like that's another <laughs> thing. Like I was looking at their actual website, and they have like uh, little pictures of dogs they've trained in like little uh, motion capture. Do suits. they really think they would put a starving tiger, tiger. by a boy? No. Yeah. Do I they guess. really think that would be real? Like they would yeah. put a real starving tiger. Yeah, and by he's a boy like, and would no CGI would be involved in that situation at all? Yeah. Yeah. What and the fuck? And something he yeah. talks about he's like look i've been around animals i take care of animals this is my daily life and i get people who ask me is like well is that animal being fed he's like do you even know what they eat like can you tell me anything about this animal right here do you like he because he has like basically a zoo farm type like setup he has people who's like oh have you have you watered your animals and he's like excuse me mm-hmm yeah, of course I've watered. These are my livelihood, and these are creatures, like, yeah. that I would never get to work with if I didn't have this particular job. He helped train the wolves and dances with wolves. That was oh, nice. one of his jobs. Like, as problematic as a white savior picture that is, it's yes. still, like, I will say, as a kid, when I saw that movie, I'm like, wow, wolves, and this is a cool story. As an adult, I understand it has a lot of problematic issues with the storytelling. 
We all have those movies it's, that we love that we grew up with. And I mean, we wolves are cool, though. Adults and we're just yes. like... <sighs> they, do, they do get you with the wolves. Oh, uh, yeah. But the wolves yeah. are cool, and the wolves are great in that film. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. in Life of Fire, do they just... They really have a tiger actually near the boy? Um, yeah, and, no? uh, I... I didn't see specifically, like, how they did the shots, but there are ways to do mirror shots. Well, yeah, yeah I and, saw a lot of it that it was, like, just a lot of green screen. Because also, yeah, they're yeah. not in the middle of they're the ocean. They're not in the middle yeah. of the ocean. It's no, a this big is, green room with a boat in it. And, and that's something also he talks about in his article. I'll link the article if people want to read it. I think it is a very interesting leave. Yeah. Um, so but anyway, yeah, obviously, if they have a tiger anywhere near any people, it's going to be a fucking well-fed tiger. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you're not going to actually starve a tiger that anyone has dangerous. to handle at all. Yeah, it would be dangerous that for the handler, so dangerous stupid. for the actors, dangerous for... Yeah, the anyone who has to go anywhere near that animal, yeah. By the way, here's a quote. Uh, they were asking about, what does, uh, how did your career path take off? And he's like, well, when I was in high school, I used to work with my dad on Lassie all the time. So that's how my career started, is I, I uh, got dragged to my dad's work oh, and you worked know, on Lassie. Lassie. Yeah, no. God. I help train. The, I help with the dogs and stuff. Oh my God. He uh, currently works with the animals on Yellowstone. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, so there's literally a picture of a starved tiger, and then what is actually happening in that scene, which is the actor petting Pai Patel, who's petting a blue screen tiger stuffed animal. That's fine. Yes. Emulate and then CGI tiger. And yeah. then they would like if they needed anything like the head, like that's another thing they do in the way CGI yeah, and film works. Incredibly real. Yeah. They'll have the tiger like pose and then they'll Yeah. Then they'll green screen over it. Like yeah, here, CGI is really good. Yeah. Yeah, here's the actual tiger posing on the boat. And then they just kind of built him out and then slapped him in there. Because yeah. it's a boat in a blue room. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Very interesting. If you crazy. have the budget, CGI is great now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's that's actually um, mm-hmm. something he talks about is... You could. Yeah, you don't have to actually kill a horse now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've been able to do that for years, not kill a horse, just yeah. Uh, CGI. Yeah. People are always, like, shitting on CGI, but it's, like, saving so many lives <laughs> because of the is. greedy producers. I mean, they've gotten to the point where it, it will last... Like, it will hold up over time because it's very good. I mean, even... You know what I mean? I can tell that the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are CGI, but they, to to me, they still hold up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, that movie was made in the 90s. Well, I'm wearing a lot of those practical effects, so I thought a lot of them were. Uh, which one? Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, actually, Jurassic Park, it was a... That's why it holds up. So, part of it, it was was a lot of puppets. It was... Yeah, exactly. That was actually, you want to know a fun thing that I learned? Jurassic Park holds up really well. Sure, what? So, okay. The CGI, originally they were all going to do all the animation stop motion, Mm -hmm. and they had, like... Well, here's the thing. They (laughs) had... Speaking of the budget. (laughs) Yep. Well, no, it was because CGI wasn't a thing then. This is early, early. No one's like, you can't CGI. That's like, you bounce a ball, you do some lighting, that's all CGI I know, I'm remembering what computer games were like back then. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were horrible. But they got one of the, like best stop motion guys like this guy was the best of the best in stop motion and they had uh, and they used they were using cgi to help composite everything together right well one of the cgi guys is like i could make a model of a t-rex and they're like no stop go composite and he's like i think i'm gonna make a model so in secret he made a model and then while they were coming to like go and look at a test 
film. Like they, they were just looking at some lighting in a shot. Mm-hmm. He had the little model of the T-Rex running on a screen that just happened to be open. And they're like, what's that? He's like, oh, just a little project I was working on. They're like, can you do that with all the dinosaurs? He's like, yes, I can. (laughs) And what, so this is a bittersweet moment because it's not, it's like, oh, wow, this like opened up a whole new form of special effects and media. Right. But it trashed like that stop motion guy. That was his last contract he ever had. It like crushed this man who spent his entire life making films because he didn't really have, no one wanted him anymore. Like, this is, there's redundancy, like, stuff like this comes with redundancy, like, every time there's new technology, you're Mm. leaving behind an art craft. Right. Because this is a crafted piece of art. You you know what that reminds me of, Mm -hmm. is I actually have a friend who graduated from SCAD. Mm -hmm. He graduated from the original SCAD in in Savannah. Savannah. His art degree was physical... Flip paper animation. Yeah, yeah, 2D yeah. traditional animation. 2D traditional oh, animation. Yep. And he graduated in, what was it, 99 or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. And worked at, with me at XXX Luggage Store. Yeah, so, <laughs> yep. that's, a, that's, a, that's a very... It's Full the, degree oh of the only useless pretty, trash. late for that, too. Yeah, like, well, like it was still it was still a thing. Like, I know, but not much long, not for long yeah. after. But the that. thing is, when you start school, no one, especially schools and colleges, as someone who went to school no, for an I, animation, I, I they don't happen. tell you stuff is like I learned the very uh, useful program, flash animation, because that was Ugh. all the rage. <laughs> flash animation went, you know, which well, is like, fine to learn in like high a school. A year ago, yeah, yeah, you know, just for fun in a little class at your high school. Yeah, that's like, real fun. It's bit, not yeah. when it's the focus of the no. college. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I almost got a degree that would have included um, uh, programming with with Flash. I will. I will say, even people who do 3D animation, you have to learn 2D animation first because if you can't um, do storyboarding or anything like that, Mm -hmm. if you don't understand how keyframes work, you can't go into the next step of the actual animating. So there is stuff that translates. Like, your friend isn't completely crap out of luck. The thing is, he just have to learn a whole new program system. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what? It turned out pretty good for him because um, his mother passed away and she was actually incredibly wealthy and he was the only child and he inherited everything and now he's living in Colorado getting stoned every day not having to work anymore. Happy ending. Oh, my God. Very happy for him. I hope he's doing okay. Yeah. Um, does, yeah. He, does he have a purpose now? Uh, yeah, his purpose is just to be stoned. Just Colorado. to be independently wealthy. Okay. <laughs> so That's he's got a cool, he's, I guess. He's got a kid on the East Coast. That's just kind of the mom's a little bit crazy, but you know what? They're doing good. He gave, he's given him most of the money, and then he's just taking a little bit, and he's just living on the West. Yeah. So um, something that I'm going to kind of read, at least the thoughts of SLED, uh, how about handling a lot of exotic and wild animals. And I'm just reading a quote because I think what he says sums up a lot of how most people feel about the part of the reason we have animals on film is to capture the beauty and the wildness of them mm-hmm. and to show people stuff they wouldn't be able to see. Um, so starting with a quote. I had a tiger that was actually very dangerous, but I had a deal with him and he never tried to grab me the 20 years I had him. He was such a wonderful animal because I treated him with such respect. I let him be a tiger. I never wanted him to be a pet and people don't understand that. 
even people that rehab animals and they go, uh, do you want a pet that cheetah? And I think, no, let them be wild. They don't understand that because it's human nature to want to touch and cuddle something. And there's no place for that. I bottle raised wolves up here on the ranch, but I have no desire to touch a wild wolf. Let them be wild, you know. And another, that is a, that's correct. It, it's like, yeah. this is how a lot of well-educated and properly, I think, handled trainers do handle animals is there is a lot of respect that comes and mutual respect that comes from them because uh, like, even though it's part of your career and it is like a business sense, you mm-hmm. can't have that business if you don't have an animal that you're treated well. Right. And an interesting notation onto the CGI of Pi, he did mention he is not sure how much like live action, certain live action animal shots will be like feasible in the next like 10 or so years just because of restrictions in place for their safety, not because of that, but also there's so many techniques now. Exactly. And CG to not, it it puts a lot less risk on the studio because even the best trained animal, there can be accidents. Yeah. This is better for everyone. Yeah. You don't, someone's not being stupid and then tiger is pissed at you and takes your arm off. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we'll just see what becomes. Like, obviously, you're still going to have dogs in movies. Like, people are still going to want things like that. But um, it's an interesting field, and I think it's uh, very important when looking into any sort of field like this. You take the good with the bad to understand the context of the whole situation. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think idolizing any sort of field helps anyone. I think looking at stuff as plainly and logically and I guess... I mean, I don't think you should generally idolize real stuff unless it's, you know, like your pet. You can idolize your pet, that's fine. Yes, yes, but I, I think... You know, like Sydney is perfect. The way, yeah. at least the way our society deals with film and media, it's this dream job. It's this idolization. As someone who had those dreams as wanting to work in animation, it's a dangerous path to follow because you can break your back over something and not get paid your worth value. Yeah, be taken advantage of. And taken you. advantage of for this yeah. behind the sky dream. Yeah. So if anyone wants to be an animal handler out there, go for it, but just make sure you keep the realistic expectations and respect yourself and your animals and do do your best out there. But I thought it was an interesting topic to discuss. Yeah. Because this is also going to lead into, we're going to have a biography episode about Rin Tin Tin, one of the first big famous dogs in the U.S. Yes. Yes. Nice. Oh, okay. I like it. Yes. So, Heath, where can people find us? You can find us on PetParentsPod.com and Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. You can email us at petparentspod at gmail.com. As always, we will continue to get better. And don't smear chicken blood on your face. It's gross. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Bye. Bye.